0: JB, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I I don't have any video clips to run for people today like I usually like to do. Uh, You know, those hype videos, remember those things?
1: Yeah, those were kind of, every every week you could count on some type of, you know, there's like the low keyboard notes and the little wistful images of the leaves falling and, you know, the lights turning on the field and the, the steam coming up off the ground. And, yeah, I mean, this season, nothing, though. I mean... You know, other than our good our, our good buddy Big Tone putting out the uh, the 12th man videos for Utica, we've kind of a slim pickings as far as hype videos this season. I don't know what, what
0: happened. I, I think Morrisville should have put out a hype video to counter Tony Molinato's hype video for Utica this week. That would have been the way to go about it, right? Yeah, sure. Like uh, the revenge of the black turf or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Um I think it's being played at Utica, though, so there won't be any black turf uh, visible, I don't think, this weekend, although maybe they painted it uh, overnight, who knows, in uh, risk a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I'm excited about this show because we we have a little bit of a theme going on unintentionally. We have two big-time quarterbacks in two big-time games this weekend. Both of these quarterbacks were transfers uh, from Mm upper-level schools. And, you know, their journeys, both of them, from what I can tell, just reading about them, uh, has, you know, a lot of interesting stuff uh, attached to their, uh, you know, stories and journeys. Okay. And so I can't wait to hear from them on the show. And we'll see, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, through the magic technology it works. But uh, scheduled for the show is Drew Campanelli from Randolph-Macon, the uh, senior quarterback, and junior quarterback Caleb Blaha from Wisconsin River Falls, who has a pretty big game this weekend. Uh, I, you know, if you he told me going into game. the season, <laughs> yeah, if you told me going into the season that River Falls would be ranked above Wisconsin Whitewater heading into this game, I might have looked at you a little strange. Although we had a pretty good feeling about them coming into this, so. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting weekend the way it's shaping up, uh, you know, some conventional matchups like Union-Ithaca, some unconventional matchups of uh, note, uh, not unconventional, that they don't play each other, but that there's such importance on the line, Carlton-St. John's, we'll talk more about that as well, yeah. uh, I mean, Carlton, the undefeated team out of the two of them, versus a one-loss St. John's team that's struggling at times, do. who, yeah, who, who would have predicted any of this stuff, really? So anyway, um, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, We've got a lot of uh, stuff to do here, and we gotta get this thing over with by around 10 a.m. for both our sakes today. So folks, you're watching season 16 of In The Huddle. Laugh at uh, your uh, stuff, so uh, you know the, the this thing uh, in there. Uh, you're, you're the master of the hand signals here for our show. <laughs> you, you, the the uh, hand model Robert. wannabe. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure the people who've been following the show for a while they know that I that I play in a band on the weekends with some other guys, and so you know, every once in a while I have to do a little hand you know movement singer kind of things even though i'm just sort of this big you know goofy uh guy but you know i, I try i just love that music man it's just very it's very peppy it gets me all like fired up and
0: you know it's just it's fun and the, the fact that I created it off of uh, some other you know podcast safe music uh, and I did dubstep I on it I, you know give me give me a little bit of credit I did something right for once you're the, in my life you're
1: there. the executive producer Frank I give you all the credit that, that was I, I mean who knew that dubstep would be would get it the job done my kids have been fans since they were little and I've always kind of had a love hate relationship with dubstep
0: but I love that theme song what are you gonna do <laughs> well thanks for that uh as we talked up step uh we're losing you a little bit there uh on your end but uh, we're gonna fight through this uh we can still hear you you still look good uh and we have uh the region one games of the week uh, up here and uh not a very deep list per se but uh look at that westcon game uh versus framingham state you know Framingham State, for as bad as their season began they still have a chance to make some noise bridgewater state could drop a game still who knows what's gonna happen here and so, you know, they have a chance, if they can knock off Western Connecticut this weekend, to re-input themselves into this whole discussion. Yeah. Westcott, on the other hand, is looking to, despite the fact they've lost to Bridgewater State already this season, you know, remain with input in this whole thing, because Bridgewater State's still got some big games to play. So we got a very interesting uh, MASCAC still to come here. It's not uh, in the books yet. Speaking of the MASCAC, Frank, I... I...
1: Didn't realize this until I was driving to the airport last night to pick up a, a buddy of mine who's in town. But there was a Thursday night D3 game in the Mass between Mass Maritime and uh, Worcester State, and I tuned in. It was 19 to seven. Uh, the Lancers. I was like, "Oh, it looks like Worcester State's got this in the bag." Must have been the JB curse, Frank, because I, you know, I tweeted out, "Lancers are up 19 to seven, looking to get their second win." And guess what happens? The Buccaneers come back and score 15 unanswered <laughs> to win the game, 22-19. The J.B. curse is alive for week seven, so everybody watch out. If I'm calling a game too early, then you know it's not going to pan out that way. I sometimes do it intent intentionally. This was completely unintentional. I was just sort of like saying, hey, look, the Lancers are doing well here. It's end of third quarter. They're up by uh, 12 points. Bucks wouldn't have it. They uh, they scored uh, a couple
0: touchdowns right in the, in the fourth quarter, and boom, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, you know, listen, as I said last week, uh, lacrosse almost lost because of you <laughs> last week. Michael Stack saved yeah. the day. Because Sorry, guys. You. They were up two possessions, and next thing you know, it's a tie game. Michael Stack with a 51-yard field goal saves them from the J.B. curse. so uh, you know, Michael Stack, if folks, uh, has the antidote to uh, this guy, apparently. Uh, But uh, Western New England at Endicott, you know, Endicott still got to win the CCC, and here's a big game uh, with respect to that fact, and so, you know, we'll see if they're able to do it. Obviously, they have a high-profile win against Harden-Simmons, but you don't want to uh, leave it in the hands of a committee. Remember when 9-1 and Endicott a long time ago didn't get in, and that led to the breakup of the NEFC back one, which has yep. now seemed to reform itself in some different version <laughs> uh, Comics, years yeah. later. Yeah, but anyway, you get the point. Uh, Endicott 9-1 and would not uh, be an automatic lock, although they would have a good chance at it uh, in Pool C. So they can't uh, drop one here. Western New England uh, comes in. After playing a reasonable game against Susquehanna earlier in the season that I attended, we'll see where we go with this ultimately. But also uh, we have some interesting uh, MAC action in uh, Region 1 with that DelVal game and FDU Florham and Kings versus leb So you kind of have the one, uh, you know, top-level scenario. And then the two teams, Kings has already played DelVal, but Kings could knock off leb and really give DelVal a better chance at things uh, oh, to win yeah. the MAC still. Yep. And um, yeah. a couple of late games there: Wesleyan and Tufts, and Albright versus Eastern. You're you, you, know, you are and picking Westcott. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I am. I am picking Westcott. Framingham is my game of the week. But I have to say, if you if you will just like to watch D three games just for the fun of it, I guarantee you this Albright's Eastern game that's going to be at Franklin Field in Philly on Saturday night is going to be a really lively. I mean, when Eastern won their first game back, I think in week two. It, it, I watched part of that game. The crowd was so into it. There was a lot of noise. There was all sort. You know, there's cheerleaders. There's a band. Like the whole thing. Like they, Eastern really puts on a fun show and broadcast. Um, so if you're if you're looking for a late game, you, you may want to check this one out because this is a game that Eastern can win, and I think the the home crowd is going to really be into it.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, look, and I knew. Uh, program and everything else—it's it, obviously a reason to just have some fun with it in the first year, no matter what. So you're you're absolutely right about that. And uh, Albright, uh, not a team that's had much success, so this is very winnable for Eastern uh, when you get down to it too. Yep. Let's go to region uh, region two. Yeah, I was right the first time. Uh, I've, I'm double picking again here. If you'll excuse me for doing this, uh, but Union, Ithaca, yeah. Johns Hopkins, and Franklin Marshall. I look. Sorry we went through the centennial conundrum the other day and we're going to stick to it here that we've been touting and maybe over touting this idea of the championship game would be Muhlenberg versus johns hopkins well we got some talking to do before that uh, folks because franklin yeah. marshall dickinson your sinus uh, are all still out there and still looking to make some noise and even if they don't win it they they want to be able to you know, justify their picks uh, for bowl games etc down the line and everything else so w- we have a uh, conference that looks pretty good and Franklin and Marshall could make some real noise and affect pool A and pool C in the process if they're able to win this game versus Johns Hopkins at home big game for sure and Hopkins can't look past it what else you see in region two
1: well, I mean, I think, um, you know, even though it seems like Christopher Newport might be the team to beat in the NJAC, teams like Montclair and Rowan could make a case still. It's not a, a done deal. Um, you know, sure, CNU beat Salisbury, the defending champ, so it gives them a leg up. But that game at, in New Jersey... Um, could change things a little bit if the profs can pull another uh, win out of their hat, like they did at TCNJ with the amazing hail mary at the end. Um, Montclair State, if they beat Salisbury, could put themselves into the into the conversation. And so it'll be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. I mean, Morrisville, Utica. If, unless you live under a rock in D3 land, you you know that that game's uh, conclusion last year was very controversial. There'll be a little bit of a revenge factor, I'm sure, for the Mustangs in this one. And Utica is coming off a pretty tough loss. they um, I don't know if they're more vulnerable or not. Maybe they'll get things back you know back going here, but. Um, you know, lots of lots of good competitive games in some of the top conferences in in the East region. I'm actually what I'm realizing is kind of missing here, Frank, is I, I apparently I didn't think that any of the games in the pack were, were any good because I don't see any of those oh. games on there except for well Westminster Westminster and Case was probably the most interesting. But then again, we talked a little bit about um, how Allegheny uh, gave W and a good run for their money. Once again, Grove City. Seems like they've got this thing locked down, but they have to be careful and not let the Gators trip them up on the road. So uh, that's another one to kind of keep an eye on. But I think Westminster case will probably be the most competitive game. This could be an ECAC bowl elimination or positioning type of, uh, you know, type of, type of matchup. So we'll see how that goes.
0: You know, I I want to go back for a second here Uh, while we have some time. uh, I think we're still... uh, We may not get our uh, first guest, unfortunately, the way uh, things are playing out here. We'll see what happens. But I want to go back to that Rowan uh, Hail Mary for a second. And I I just called up our crunch time show uh, to uh, put it up here. And if I can... Okay, so watch this play again. This was... A little bit more than meets the eye, I think. Okay, so we've all seen, you know, the, the bounce in the air and everything, the deflection to the bounce in the air. And you're going to see it again here from the other angle, then we'll slow it down and zoom on this when we, we look at it. But here comes the deflection again. And I swear to you, I think it hits off a helmet as it, uh, it goes back into the air at that point. You're going to take a look at it here, and look at the very right side of your screen here. It looks like it doinked into the air and gets picked up there. What a a play uh, that was. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that they did get us some video for that play uh, over there from uh, Rowan and uh, TCNJ. Let's go to Region 3. And... Uh, Randolph, Macon, Bridgewater. We're hoping to get Drew Campanelli. We're still holding out hope here. We got last second chance, uh, last uh, gasp attempt here. I think talk J.B. about just Hail Marys. Yeah, yes. yeah. Talk about Hail Marys. Well,
1: you know, one of the things I didn't realize about the Yellow Jackets, Frank, was that they're currently on a 21 game win streak. And um, although they're, I think they've risen as high as number 10 in, in some of the national polls, they seem to be pun intended flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I mean I know that coach Cat when we spoke to him last Friday was was touting you know this team and, and how good they look and I think a lot of people nationally should start paying more attention to um, Randolph making because what they've built there is pretty impressive. Um, their last loss, I think, was to w back in the 21 season. You know, they won that playoff game against Cortland last year um, you know, before they – well, they lost in the second round, but Drew was, was injured, and so I, I kind of give you know, put an asterisk on that. But as far as regular season winning streaks go, they're right up there with a lot of the, the top teams in D3.
0: Agreed, and uh, you know, let's look at other games too here uh, underneath. I, I Also, I'm highlighting Texas Luther and Harden-Simmons because after that McMurray game last week, I'm curious as to uh, what's going to happen with Harden-Simmons. Uh, a team like TLU may not be having the best of seasons necessarily, but this is a chance to step up here and slap Harden-Simmons when they're not looking. Uh, I don't know. I just want to see if Harden-Simmons can win a game by 30 points at this point. Because if they can't, I don't know how that works for them uh, in this season, especially after that Endicott loss and everything else. Uh, Hendricks at Birmingham Southern. It, it's a, an important game because uh, Hendricks is still technically in the fold to take on Trinity and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, if Birmingham Southern uh, helps here uh, you know, knock Hendricks out of the uh, the you know mid pack of this situation, then Trinity's job gets a little bit easier, and it comes down to Solani basically at that point. So we'll watch for that. Maryville and uh, Huntingdon. Uh, if Huntingdon had won last week, this would be a pretty important game. It's always an important game. Let's not kid ourselves, but uh, you know it's not a, a USA South major implication game. So at this point, we'll just go with that. We're okay, gonna move over here to. Uh, region four, as we continue our discussion here. And we are looking here at uh, Wabash versus Denison uh, as a uh, big game, and also Ohio Northern John Carroll uh, up there. Uh, you picked that one as the game of the week. Uh, I go down to Alma versus Hope. I, I think Alma needs a challenge here. Ohio Northern is their highlight uh, win, it seems like, this season, and that's not necessarily something you can hang your hat on. They're putting up big numbers, Alma is, no doubt. But Hope, the way they handled Albion last week, I, I'm going to give chan- a real chance for Hope. I'm giving them Hope hope, as I said in uh, crunch time earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, no, and I think, um, you know, given how close that game against all uh, – Albion was last weekend. This one could go a lot of different ways. I mean, Denison gave uh, DePauw a good run for their money, so they hosting Wabash could knock them from the ranks of unbeaten. Ohio Northern, as you remember, Frank was hanging around with Mount Union until about the fourth quarter, when they um, you know took a while to sort of pull away from that one. John Carroll almost lost to Marietta, so that's another game that could um, you know be interesting. So if there's any potential for like upsets, I think Region Four might be it.
0: We'll continue, Drew Campanelli is uh in the background here. Just gonna ask him to turn his uh device to landscape mode if he can, just so we get a, a full view of him. But uh, we'll continue here to region, yeah. <laughs> JB, you got it down after all these years, you finally got it right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Uh, and here is uh region five. We'll talk about region six later on uh, when we get to it, but. Uh, Region five is uh, got only a few games to talk about, and Aurora versus Saint Norbert is one. Now, again, we're looking to see who's going to challenge Aurora in this whole situation here. Augustana uh, versus Wash U is both our picks, and Ripon versus Chicago. Chicago just hasn't had the season I thought they would have, and that loss against the Blue Boys last week was definitely a slap for them. What are your thoughts in Region Five as we transition here?
1: Well, we've been talking about how good Augustana has looked all season, and you know, part of their bugaboo has not been able to get past Wash U to sort of jump into that effectively third-place slot in the uh, CCIW. So this this game is basically a uh, Isthmus Bowl qualification or elimination game, depending on how you look at it, You know, just the way things have gone. And We'll have to wait and see if, if Wheaton gets a Pool C nod with the way things are shaking out with only four spots. Maybe they won't this year. So um, if with their head-to-head win over Augustana and potentially over Wash U, then maybe they end up in the Isthmus Bowl. But this is an important game for both programs. Augustana wants to take that next step. Wash kind of wants to maintain the status quo and then maybe even challenge uh, further up because they haven't played uh, some of the, the, the top teams in, in the CCIW just yet. But um, that's going to be a really good one kicking off at 2 o'clock on uh, Saturday.
0: Let's get Drew Campanelli into the mix here. Drew, uh, sorry, I, a little hey, email there problem there on our end. But uh, great to have you joining us here on In the Huddle. And uh, you look, it look like look, you've been awake for a few minutes at least. So we're, we're going to throw the tough questions at you now based on that. How's that sound? Good. Sounds good. Well, first off, want to congratulate you on your success at Randolph-Macon. It's been uh, an incredible season so far uh, this year and last year uh, for you. Uh, and you have this Bridgewater team that's always uh, seeming to, you know, want to take down Randolph-Macon. It has had some success over the years. I mean, let's tar- talk about this game coming up. Uh, what are you seeing in this game? Bridgewater on the road and everything else. What, what do you think is going to be? the tone and tenor of this game?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a big game. Uh, The ODAC is a competitive conference. I mean, we understand every Saturday is going to be a war um, going in. So we're on a week three of conference play and we understand every game is going to be tough and we have to uh, just take care of business within our team and that hope we can just win out on Saturdays.
1: So, Drew, apparently your, uh, your folks ran into uh, the mayor over here at a, at a game in uh, upstate New York. I know you're a Massachusetts guy, um, New England guy kind of like myself. How did, uh, tell me a little bit about your, you know, the, tra- the path you've traveled um, down to, to Virginia because I know you're a New England guy by, by background, but how did, how did uh, RMC get on your radar?
2: Yeah, so I started up uh, in New Hampshire at Franklin Pierce for three years and um entered the transfer portal in about April of my junior year and then uh ended up reaching out to RMC about about June last summer and kinda of just took off, came down here for a visit I think I committed within the next few days. So it's been a it's been a great uh great home for me. This place has been awesome. Coach Ruza has been the, the, the best man to help me out in the, in this program and within my football career, so I'm very lucky to have been taken into in this program.
0: Drew, I want to expand on that though, because I've looked at back at your last season at Franklin Pierce, and while your numbers were good, uh, you, you, you know, at least in efficiency wise, the team struggled, and it's something that probably could knock the confidence of a lot of guys out there playing football. And you take that season, you decide to go elsewhere, and which you had every right to do, go to Randolph-Macon, and you have been an absolute stud out there as a quarterback. How did you keep a confidence level at a point where you didn't have the self-doubt that would start eating into your psyche about how you could play the position of quarterback and still win games the way you've been?
2: Yeah, I just uh, I kind of think back to just having fun with football again, like going back to the the basics, the fundamentals of uh, just just growing up and playing the game I love. And when I got down here, I just I felt like I just played a little more free and just enjoyed it a little more. And I think that's kind of contributed to my success down here.
1: Well, there's definitely something. There's something going on really well there in Virginia because, as I mentioned to Frank earlier, the Yellow Jackets are on a 21-game win streak. Uh, you went undefeated in, in your first se- regular season. You guys are five and zero at this point, and you have really the meat of your schedule coming up, starting with Bridgewater. Same deal as last season. Has uh, has coach. You know, talk to you a little bit about this this sort of home stretch, the second half, and and how important these upcoming games are.
2: Yeah, I think the uh, the team understands that the, these last five games, conference play, every single game is a playoff game uh, for us. So we have to understand we have to win our conference to get a chance to play in late November, and I I think our team understands that uh, the better we play, that the the better chance we're going to have to play in the playoffs and and uh do what we do late november
0: drew speaking about playoffs though uh you had a very interesting uh, and problematic scenario occur in that uh, round one game last season versus courtland you took a a pretty bad injury in that game and it was kind of like a a double whammy uh scenario because we thought whoever won that game would have a chance to go far be it courtland or you guys courtland gets knocked out You get knocked out, and that probably helps uh, Randolph-Mega get knocked out the next week in the playoffs. Take us back to that situation. How was your mood uh, after that? Obviously, uh, you were pretty injured up, so I'm going to assume it wasn't the best of moods. But, I mean, how did that whole situation pan out for you, and what did you learn from that whole situation back then? Eh, We may have lost them here for a second here, but we'll get them back or try to. We'll go to our shot here for a second as uh, we try to get that uh, connection back with them. And JB, you're a little choppy today too. Uh, So again, uh, folks, we are aware of that and we're trying to uh, fix those uh, choppy issues. Uh, But uh, we can hear you. That's the good thing. The important thing, people want to hear JB. And so... As uh, Drew gets back into the fold here, uh, I remember that uh, watching that playoff game. We watched it intently uh, during the Bracket Blitz Show last year uh, between Cortland and Randolph Macon, and it was, that was a tough game for sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that that Del Val team may have lost that game uh, to Randolph-Macon if if the Yellow Jackets were at full strength. So, um, you know, Campanali has definitely been a big part of their success and um, hopefully we can get it back on. I'm wondering if I should drop off and, and log back in. So, you know, it's a sort of a hard reboot, but.
0: Uh, I think you're going to be fine uh, at the end of the day. But, yeah, hopefully we get him back. Either way, uh, we appreciate his time there. We'll get a shout-out to the very least if uh, we can get him back into the fold here. Also looking forward to Caleb Laha joining us in a little bit here on the show. So uh, we may be also getting cross on our uh, channel there, uh, our call-in circuit, as we call it. And so we'll uh, see uh, what we're able to do here. Uh, But I believe uh, we're trying to get uh, our guest, Drew Campanelli, back here. In the meantime, we were talking about Region 5. Uh, Let us bring up Region 6 here for a moment. I'll let you take that away if you like. Uh, And uh, the discussion centers itself around Whitewater River Falls here for a second.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a a big game for both teams. Uh, It's a chance for River Falls to really kind of put the put them on the map as far as, as the true number one contender or the, you know, maybe even de facto uh, Wyatt champions, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Whitewater, this could be theoretically an elimination game for them, although I still argue that an eight and two Whitewater team with the resume that they have from the out-of-conference play could still get them in. We, we have seen in the past, um, although it's we've been told by prior committee heads that they do not like to take three teams from one conference. An exception could be made um, here and there could be three Yac teams that make it in, but um, Whitewater River Falls is the biggest game of the weekend um, for a number of reasons, but not, uh, not, you know, maybe one B is this Carlton St. John's game in the, in the, in the MIAC where you have an undefeated Knights team traveling to the Johnnies, the defending champs. And, and we'll see if this, um, carlton team which is kind of carlton is sort of like a Nescaq school frank so the fact that they're having this much success out out there in the midwest is really impressive to me um they find ways to win games they had a good run last year too as you recall but the second half of their season you know kind of got away from them a little bit so can they avoid that maybe with some of the fifth year senior and other other help they they can we'll have to wait and see the st john's team doesn't seem to be as invincible as prior versions, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Lacrosse and Platteville is a really great uh, WIAC game, too. Bethel-Augsburg, the um, Augie seems to be a team that's on the rise, and, and Bethel is not the not the same powerhouse as uh, the playoff, uh, you know, Roste team we saw last year, so that could be an interesting one as well. Puget Sound had a big win over George Fox um, late last weekend, and Whitworth is still one of the undefeated teams out on the west coast Uh, George Fox as I just mentioned is is playing at Linfield I think actually that game Frank got moved up an hour so it's technically at 3 30 uh eastern not 4 30 but hey we 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 got our guy back thanks for hanging in there Drew I'll let you guys take it away
0: appreciate it and as I was asking you uh about the what you learned from the injury situation the playoffs last year uh and you know how it went for you overall uh through that process Oh, boy, we lost him again. There he is. Uh, so, Drew, uh, answer is real quick while you can.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely a tough situation to be out of the last, last quarter of that game. And then, I mean, I was lucky to travel with the team down to Delaware Valley and, and be with the guys during that game. I mean, it was it's tough to watch and sit on the sideline while when you played in 11 games before that. With, uh, with all your best friends on the team. So, I mean,
0: it was definitely hard
2: to watch and I think I'm, um, I can hope we, we get back there this year and I can I can play and contribute.
0: I, I would assume that that's kind of contributing uh, to some of the motivation here to continue this 21 game winning streak uh, in the regular season for this team. Uh, for you especially, to have another chance at that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost scared to see what you're capable of doing if you can make it through an entire playoff uh, cycle because as our friend Jim Catanzaro called out last week, you you guys are a team to watch for sure. Before we lose you again, though, we want to give you an opportunity for any shout-outs to family, friends, or teammates uh, as you get ready for this big game versus Bridgewater. Drew Campanelli, the floor is yours for shout-outs.
2: Yeah, uh, I just want to shout out the whole Randolph making uh, football family. I mean, the program built around high character uh, guys that care about football, passion for football, and um, just the whole team. And let's uh, let's just get a win on Saturday.
0: Drew, I, I want to give a shout out to your parents. Send them my best. It was great running into them at Union College, uh, and uh, they are—they uh, they gave razz me. They said we don't give enough love to uh, Randolph Macon. My response to them was, "We love the Drew Campanelli quarterback down there, and we tried to get him on the show last year. We finally got you on the show, even with struggles. We got a great interview in with you, and we wish you the best of luck uh, this week and in the future. Uh, you are a uh, stand-up class guy and uh, somebody with a lot of talent out there. So continued luck." Uh, in what you're doing. Thank you. You got it. Drew Campanelli. All right, good luck, Drew. Senior quarterback at Randolph Macon. Glad that we were able to get that uh, in there. Uh, so we'll be uh, looking forward to Caleb Laha joining us in a little bit. Uh, JB, I think what we should do, uh, just to do a quick reset here for ourselves, is uh, move into the mode that I know you love so much, so very much. Uh, that mode is called our predictions uh why don't you take folks through what happened last week in case they missed our crunch time show briefly as i get us ready for this
1: well yeah we had a we had a rough week because <laughs> <laughs> most of our picks were not right um i think you i mean i, had, I think i picked up a couple of games to basically tie the score because you had been leading by two um pretty much since week one um and so yeah we're gonna try to get back on the the positive side of 500 we'll see what happens
0: it's not gonna be easy. I, I'm looking at the games we have to pick here and we're gonna do it in a semi-speedy fashion here. We got 10 minutes on the clock today, so we're gonna have to be a little more compact than we normally are, which, I, yeah, good luck. That thing's gonna hit zero and for like five minutes, no one else. But I, it's, it's a batch of games that really are not cupcake games to pick. And so this could be pretty bad for us again. We, we, we could be embarrassed as heck uh, overall. But I will tell you that we are both batting, according to my math here, 75% on the dot. So 54 That's out of that. 72 games. No, it's not. I mean, I was trending toward 80, so I, I did take a ding on this. Yeah. So Last, last let, season, see. I think
1: we finished, you finished 71-ish, and I was like 72 or 3-ish percent. So we're, we're doing better than last year so far. <laughs>
0: I love your optimism in life. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, but we're we're our trajectory is definitely in the wrong direction, okay? That that's the problem here. So yeah. Uh I think I begin this week. So here we go. The mascack. Westcon at Framingham State. This is tough because like I said, I, Framingham State looks so bad at times in the beginning of the season. Tom Kelly would be the first one to tell you that, their head coach. But You know, at home versus WestCon, I'm going to pick the home team here. And Coach Kelly's probably going to kill me for doing this. But I'm going to say Framingham State wins the game 31-24 against a WestCon team is going to be very good in this game. There's no doubt, but I think Framingham State may have gotten it together right now.
1: Maybe. Well, I'm you know I'm a Connecticut guy, so I'm going to go with the with the boys from Danbury. Um, I think Blasky, I think, is the name of their uh, fifth year running back. It might have a big game. It's going to be a high scoring affair. I think it's going to take a lot for the Wolves to win this one on the road. But let's say they hang around and are they just, let's say forty two to thirty eight. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think. Kings at Leval. Go ahead. And yeah, this is tough because we really thought that, that Kings looked special going into that Del Val game, and then they couldn't really do much. Leb has found ways to keep winning games, and at home, yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with Leb Val. Just uh, I don't know. There's I want to pick the Monarchs, but the last time I thought I was going to, they just didn't show up for me. So I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the home team here. Um, 17-13, lower scoring game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think uh, we are going to go Lebval, uh, both of us, uh, it, the home team. I, I, I'm just going to base it on my home team at this point. Uh, final score, uh, 27-20 in favor of Lebval. Uh, I'll start this one. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm starting this one. Uh, Union at Ithaca. I'm not calling for the upset, uh, which may be the <laughs> kiss of death for Ithaca here. But uh, I'm going to say that Ithaca has learned a lot over their uh, games versus Johns Hopkins, and RPI especially, uh, and that Endicott game in between. I shouldn't forget about that one. I think they know how to win close games. This will be a close game. 21-17, Ithaca beats Union.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm the thing that's just in the back of my head are, are, are three initials, AJW. Something about this Wingfield guy, he's a fighter, he's a winner, and I think that would be the difference between uh, Donovan for for Union, um, their their QB is this big, strong, athletic guy. He'll definitely score some points against this defense. But I think when it comes down to these little close call games, um, the, the the legs of Winfield might be the difference. So I'll take the Bombers to win a close call, 24-21.
0: But I do have to get you to say Donovan's last name, Piccatti. Piccatti, Hey, Okay, Piccatti. Got it. Hopkins at Fnm uh, do you see any chance here for the upset uh, no I think I think hopped as we said in our
1: crunch time show this week they're really the they might be the cream of the crop in region two and so even though the dips will give them a good run for their money I'll take um, the blue Jays to, to kind of pull away late say 35 to 17.
0: Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Johns Hopkins early and often in this game. I I do think that they're going to roll in this one. I don't think they're looking past anybody. I mean, they they shouldn't. If they're going to look past anybody, they're in trouble. I'm going to say by the final score of 37-20 in this game. Texas Lutheran and Hardin-Simmons. Uh, I think Hardin-Simmons wins this game, but again, it may not be easy. And this is going to be a little bit scary, I think, for them. I, they'll win 24-20, but it may take another late situation for that to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think being at home might help. Maybe they'll stick to the running game a little bit. So I'll take the Cowboys 31-20. Uh, to 20.
0: And just letting our friends know at uh, UWRF, we do not see them. They'll need to reconnect. Uh, I, I think they think they're connected to us. Uh, so, hey, at least they're trying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the our guest, uh, yeah, it, it is what of those. If we get both interviews, that's all that matters at the end of the day in this show, you know? It, it, success is what yeah. we go after here. Randolph, make it at Bridgewater. Go for it.
1: All right, well... Um Like we've been talking about this 21 game win streak, I think Randolph-Macon is kind of on a mission here with a quarterback like Campanale. I think although this could be a lower scoring game early on, Jackets pull away late, 35, 21.
0: Yeah, I just don't see Bridgewater having the, the guns to do this. Uh, Drew Campanelli is a, a tremendous quarterback, uh, he, and I'm, I'm I'm really happy for him. I just want to say at this point, we kind of I didn't get a chance to say it, uh, during what happened there, but yeah, the fact he got a second chance per se in his college career to prove to everybody he is the guy, he is the man with respect to you know QBing and leadership on the football field. I, I'm so thrilled for him let's get and this guy, I know his family is. Let's
1: get this guy on a on a Galardi ballot, man. He I don't see why he can't, you know,
0: compete with the rest of the country there.
1: I mean impressive
0: impressive guy. Absolutely. Randolph Macon wins this game thirty seven twenty. Uh next up, Alma at Hope. I'm calling for the upset in this game. I think Hope, the way Ooh. they handled Albion uh, we'll keep this score closer, lower than what we've seen Alma be able to do recently. As a result, I'm going to give Hope a narrow win,
1: 21-20. Yeah, well, they are the home team, and I like their their school colors, but my McDougal blood says I have to go with the Scots, so I'm going oh to I'm going to go with go with uh, Alma here, and they've been putting up a lot of points, and I think Hope will keep it interesting, but too many too much Scotties.
0: You know something about Scotties. Uh, I'll say they win 42-27. to 27. You want to know a little story? The, the Balsa Spa Scotties aren't named after really a dog at all, but they were named after William Scott, the uh, longtime head coach back when, and they became the oh, Scotties okay. as a result of it. So, a, a little bit of okay. uh, a trivia you didn't know that I had to learn as uh, mayor, basically. Ohio Northern mm-hmm. at John Carroll, an OAC matchup here. Carroll, uh, John Carroll, that is, didn't look as strong as one would hope and our uh, next guess is in the wings just so they know that we can see them uh John carroll uh had, had tr- that struggle against marietta do you do you think it'll happen again i guess is the question here
1: not at home i think the the blue streaks <laughs> maybe just had one of those um, yeah one of those road games it might have been that gray turf you know something about the the different color yeah. turf makes things weird things happen you know come on um, I think the Blue Streaks will bounce back. It'll be a close game, but 21-14, JCU.
0: Yeah, Jeff Bierman, we know him well enough uh, that, to know that he got under his guy's skin after that game and probably told them everything wrong about their uh, football game and then some last week. John Carroll bounces back big time in this one uh, to the tune of 34-17 in favor of John Carroll. Uh, Augustina at Wash U. I just think Augustana's got too much momentum right now in general. And I, I, WashU's having a good season for sure, but Augustana just seems to be able to put up points in droves. And so I'm going to give Augustana the road uh, win here by the uh, final score of uh,
1: 30-20. Yeah, the fact that this is a home game for WashU gives me a little bit of pause. Um and they've had Augustana's number, but I, I want to you know, I want to get on this Vikings bandwagon. The way they played Wheaton and competed so hard with them tells me that they're a different team this year. So I think, yeah, I'll go with the,
0: the road team with an upset 31-28. Carlton. Yeah, thank you. Carlton at St. John's. Uh, again, the undefeated Carlton team versus the one-loss St. John's team. Who would have ever saw that halfway into their uh, win-loss uh, season or schedule season here? Yeah,
1: no, I, I don't think anybody would have, but I think this, it might have happened last year, too, for all I know. But, um, you know, St. John's at home, they just that Johnny magic. Like, I don't know, man, it's something something in the water or whatever there in Minnesota. So I'll take the home team. Uh, it'll be a close game, um, 27 to 21. But I'll, I'll go with the Johnny since they're at home.
0: Yeah, I was going to try to get to that game, uh, like I said. uh, And, uh, you know, if Mm. airfares were a little bit more cooperative, I would have gotten out there. Because I know Pat Coleman will be at the uh, River Falls Whitewater game. So, uh, you know, we try not to double cover during the season. So uh, it won't be uh, happening. But at the same time, someday I'll get out to St. John's uh, to see a game out there for sure. St. John's wins this game 41-27. I think they will put up points. But you know what? St. John's better be careful the way they've been playing. Yeah. Kind of unfair to do this right now. Whitewater at River Falls. We have to predict it before the guest comes on. Uh, before? So, I, I have to start this. Caleb's smiling in the background. I can see it right now. I'm laughing now, I on this. Well, you know uh, what's funny? Because so my, my first
1: question that I had, my first question would ha- I was going to ask him would, was going to basically be like, how does it feel to be the favorite? I mean... Most people, when they saw this game, would have picked Whitewater to be the favorite. But actually, no. River Falls, undefeated, higher ranked, home team. They're not the underdogs in this game, in my opinion. The, White- the Warhawks are. And so even though it's your turn, I'm going to say the Falcons are going <laughs> to win this game. And, and it's going to be a tough battle. But this is their year. And so I'll- I-, I think it's going to be- come down to maybe a field goal like we saw. Because we know that the Warhawks, they fight till the bitter end. Um, but I'll, I think the Falcons are going to pull this one off and win it 35 to 28.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for stealing my thunder there, kid. Um, I'm going to go the same way. I'm going to pick River Falls. We, we've been riding this horse on oh, the way to this point. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. Caleb, you may want to run now. Uh, but... Here we go. Uh, River Falls is a team that you and I basically had centered on earlier in the season. Uh, People were kind of throwing shade at us for this whole thing. And we said, look at who they've got back. My goodness. They've got basically uh, their entire starting lineup back from last year Mm -hmm. in its entirety, just about. And you can't look at a Wisconsin team of any level and think that that's not going to be an effect. And so, Whitewater has had their ups and downs for sure. And, you know, another down last week versus Lacrosse. Uh, I, I just see it going River Falls way here by the final score of. Uh, look, everybody likes a score uh, between these two teams 41 34. No, <laughs> <Okay>. no, 41 34. 41 34. So, Caleb, how does it feel to be the favorite in this game? I'll steal JB's question now that he just stole my thunder on this thing. Can you hear me? We certainly can. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, I mean, we don't feel like we're the favorites. We're looking at it just like any other game. I mean, we know how good Whitewater is. Um, we know they're good, even better this year. We They beat us last year. So we're just we're taking it at any other game.
0: Well, I should do the official intro here real quickly. Caleb La, junior quarterback, Wisconsin River Falls, joining us here on In the Huddle and getting ready for the matchup versus number 7 Whitewater, uh, as you can see at 1 o'clock Central Time Saturday. It's going to be the highlight game uh, that everybody's going to be uh, basically tuning into, including myself, including J.B., tomorrow. Uh, and let me just, uh, if I uh, may, for one second, J.B., Just say, you know, how does it feel to have the focus and the spotlight, though, on this team? Because a couple of years ago, nobody would talk about River Falls. This is new. I mean, it was Oshkosh. It was uh, Whitewater. You know, it it, it wasn't you guys. Lacrosse was getting uh, into the mix. Now River Falls is currently the the dog to take down if anybody's going to do things in a WIAC. Here you are. How's this feel? I mean, it
3: feels good being... 5-0 5-0 and being on top. But we feel like we still have a lot to prove, and we haven't reached our goals yet. So we're just taking one game at a time, and we still got a lot to go.
1: Caleb, one of the things that I remember about River Falls from from last season, other than the fact you guys won a, a really fantastic Isthmus Bowl game and a really cool trophy, you guys had a lot of close calls. Um, you lost to St. John's by three. You beat Oshkosh by three. You had a close loss to Platteville and and Whitewater and Lacrosse. You guys were like right there. What do you think it's been um, this season that has helped you trying to take that next step? You're you're winning games, not not I think. Uh, They're not even – so far they haven't been really close. You guys have been beating teams pretty soundly. But you're getting into the meteor schedule now. You've got, you know, five games back-to-back-to-back and and kind of a a pretty uh, aggressive gauntlet. What did last season teach you guys kind of going into this year, and how can you you jump off of that?
3: I mean, yeah, like you said, we had a lot of tough losses last year. And I think it was just really a good experience uh, for our team. Just uh, be in those close games, like see how it feels to lose, and like that we're going to need to work a little bit harder to get those wins. And
0: yeah. Caleb, I kind of look back to your history uh, since high school, and it's been an interesting journey for you, it seems like. Uh, You were uh, going to be a wide receiver, it looked like at Winona State, Uh, so you were going upper division. And COVID happens uh, right after all that, uh, for, uh, pretty much. Because as of February 2020, you're still being touted and making your decision. Everything else, from what I could see, and then eventually you make the decision to transfer over to Wisconsin River Falls. Take us through that journey, if you can. You know, why? Why wide receiver? Why back to quarterback, essentially? And why did you make the move from Winona State to River Falls uh, when it came down to it?
3: Yeah, so I went to Winona for wide receiver right out of high school, uh, mainly just because I wanted to play at the highest level I could to see where that could take me. And then uh, just Winona wasn't the right fit for me. And then I got recruited here out of high school to River Falls, and I really just liked Walker. I liked the coaching staff. I liked the culture here. So when I knew I wanted to switch uh, out of Winona, I knew this is the place I wanted to go.
1: So for the people tuning in on Saturday at 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 Central, what do you think is the sort of the, the River Falls game day experience? I mean, you know, obviously, WEAC teams are used to playing in front of, you know, five-figure-sized crowds. I imagine it will be a big turnout um, as well. But what's, what's kind of the like game day like for you guys out there in Wisconsin?
3: I mean, we got a pretty good uh, tailgating setup here. Um, before the game and then yeah we should have a big crowd here at the game and it should be a fun game a lot of people be a tight battle
0: let's go back to something we were talking about in our uh, prediction section Uh, the the fact that you have so many players back and uh, you know everybody bought into this team to this year and now, I mean, what is the limit of this team as far as you guys are concerned in the locker room? What, what are the goals right now? And what is the limit of this team in terms of upside? Because, again, you know, bowl games are nice and whatnot, but, I, I mean, what, what is this, this next step while you guys are all still together? Because, obviously, some people will have to graduate off after this go-around with this. What, what is the upside? What is the goal for you guys?
3: Yeah, I think there really is no limit for this team. I mean, we got really big goals. We want to win our conference. We want to make it to playoffs. We want to win games in playoffs. We want to win the national championship, and we really believe we can do it. But, I mean, we're just taking it one game at a time still.
1: Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, there, there's still this, you know, five-game regular season schedule with, you know, this big one this weekend. Um, and it's an interesting kind of uh, comparison contrast, in my opinion. You have one team that's, I think, the number one uh, rushing offense in your conference, and then for you as a quarterback, you must be having fun throwing the ball because I think you're the number one ranked uh, passing offense. Tell us a little bit about this wide receiving core and, and why it's so much fun to be you on game day.
3: Oh yeah, no, our receivers, they're incredible. I mean, they make plays. Uh, they make my job real easy. They get They get open, I get them the ball. They make me look good, and yeah, I just, I got the easy job getting them the ball.
0: Well, you know, remember, he was a wide receiver uh, at Winona State, or a potentially wide receiver there, so who knows? They could draw up a play where he goes out uh, into coverage and uh, tries to catch a pass, uh, JB. I'm not going to make him uh, tell us whether or not that's in the playbook, but there's there's that possibility he can catch the ball. We know this for a fact, so we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Caleb, uh, it's great to have uh, the Falcons kind of on center stage with us here. Like I said, we, we kind of focused on you guys earlier on in our preseason uh, discussions, and you're delivering, and we appreciate that because you make us look good from time to time. We do a great job of not making ourselves look good. Trust me in that. But, you know, we want to give you an opportunity here for shout-outs. Any family, friends, teammates, etc. take your time with it. It's all yours, and uh, Yeah, thanks to the Falcons for helping put this thing together before such a big game. Stage is yours.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just shout out the coaches. I mean, they really deserve these wins. I don't see anyone else working as hard as them. I think they really earned it. And, I mean, the players on the team, everybody works hard. Uh,
0: Nobody's better than
3: anybody else. We all put in the work each and every day.
0: Any any family shout outs because uh, you know uh, I I don't want you to go home and they, you know they'd be like wait a minute you didn't say hi to us Caleb. Nah, no, I just keep it focused on football. Ah, I, this guy is Sounds locked
1: good. in. Holy cow! Yep. Caleb. I have one. I have one last question, Frank, because I can't what? I can't help it, as I you know. Caleb, as a as a, a guy who who depends on your offensive line, if, is there a certain place in River Falls where the big guys go to eat like a huge meal? You know, if they're going to eat like a hundred pizza. I mean, I don't know, pizza is really the the Wisconsin thing, but you know, what what is sort of like the the main cuisine up up there? So that you know, when when you guys win a big game, the linemen go to where. Um.
3: I mean, we don't got nowhere special where we go out. We like to go out and eat, but our team does enjoy some Quick Trip, some chicken sandwiches from Quick Trip, so. There it is. I I roll with that.
0: I absolutely roll with that. Wawa and Quick Trip uh, sandwiches are way underrated. I, I love the idea. So. Caleb, uh, it, there, was, there was a rumor you might be nervous or not want to do this interview or something like that. You jumped right in and said, no, I want to do this interview. You did a great job. So thanks again to job, you, man. to everybody at River Falls. And uh, I'm really excited to watch this game. Best of luck to you. We're not picking sides, obviously. We, we made our prediction, but we don't pick sides. We just want to see a great game and everybody walk away healthy uh, for, at the end of this game. So good luck to you, and thanks again for joining yeah. us.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. Caleb Blaha. Thanks, Waha, Caleb.
1: Yes, from... Special uh, shout Let's out go. to uh, Trent, Trent Jackson, their assistant athletic director for communications for helping us pull that together, Coach Walker, and uh, everyone up at River Falls for not skewering me when I called them the River Hawks in the preseason show. I know you guys are the Falcons. <laughs> Sometimes things are in my brain and they come out my mouth and it's not the, they're not connected, you know? So anyway, we know, we know about the Falcons and uh, we're looking forward to seeing a great game on Saturday.
0: You know what else you know about? How to watch D3 action at a weekend like this. And uh, as always, we go to JV to see how should you watch the D3 action this weekend. Take it away.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's going to be some interesting noon kickoffs um, in in Region 1, kind of getting us started. I mean, we talked already a little bit about the uh, WestCon-Framingham State game and the and the Mascac. We've got a couple of good MAC games between Del DelVal and FDU Florham, Kings and Lebval. Um, even Western New England Endicott could be interesting to tune in. Um, once, once 1 o'clock rolls around, you're probably going to want to head over to see the big Union Ithaca game, Hopkins. Uh, Franklin and Marshall, we got some NJAC games, Empire 8, some PAC games. I think Christopher Newport versus Rowan uh, at 2 o'clock is going to be worth tuning into. But also at 2 o'clock, we got Randolph Macon versus Bridgewater, and we've got uh, Texas Lutheran, Harden Simmons. And um, as it gets later, yeah, once again at 2 and out in Region 4, Ohio Northern, John Carroll, DePaul, Worcester, Alma versus Hope, all very solid games. Augustana, Wash U, and then you know the big game uh, that everyone's going to be tuning in for at at 2 is the Whitewater-River Falls matchup. I mean, that's going to have the nation's attention. Uh, Carlton versus St. John's is a nice sort of undercard at that time slot, along with some of the Region 4 OAC games. Bethel versus Augsburg could be interesting, potentially. And then as it gets later in the day, 3.30, George Fox at Linfield is kicking off an hour earlier than the original scheduled time. Puget Sound-Whitworth is at 4. And then for you diehards, um, there is a 7 o'clock uh, kickoff for Albright Eastern. I think Wesleyan's going to Tufts at 6.30 uh, for a Region 1 night game. And then on the West Coast, we have a couple of uh, Chapman versus Pomona-Pitzer and Cal Lutheran versus Redlands, some old-school Skyak 10 o'clock D3 after dark games. So it should be a nice long day of uh, D3 football. And you know when it's all said and done, we'll be back to recap it in our uh, Week 7 Crunch Time show.
0: So I want to add one thing, back off mute. Um, I'm not traveling this weekend. I've got mirror duty uh, to do here. However, one of the factors was uh, tickets to uh, go see St. John's, as I said, were high and uh, everything else and the time and everything else will go into it. That said, uh, there are three key games that we kind of have focused on uh, in this uh, show, and here's what's going to happen. We've got Union Ithaca. We've got River Falls and Wisconsin Whitewater and we have uh, yep. St. John's and um, Carlton uh, excuse me actually and then the fourth game I should say is uh, Bridgewater Randolph-Macon so we have four games yep. so to the four winners I'm going to be donating $50 to each winning schools general scholarship fund based on the team that wins the game this weekend so just to put our, my money where my mouth is, because it's that. not all about the money. You're, you're, you're going to go in on that? Yeah, I'll okay. match your
1: contribution, Mayor. So,
0: so uh, basically, $100 to each of the winners of those four games. Is that what we're saying here? Is that where we're going with this? Total? Yep. Okay. Yep. So the the winning schools uh, will have $100 sent to their general scholarship funds. Uh, instead of you know us being on the road this weekend, and we're going to still give you coverage. We're still going to be watching these games, giving you some tweets, oh, yeah. and focus, and taking some video off. Uh, you know, and uh, showing it to you. Yeah, we're we're pretty good at that stuff, uh, I guess. From time to time, he is actually on Saturdays, but that's how we're going to handle this. So we're up in the ante per se. This isn't like gambling or anything like that. This is just straight up winning teams that of games we would have uh, possibly gone to. in general scholarship funds for the winning teams of those four games in particular. So, there you go. Uh, A little bit of a special thing we're going to do here, and uh, hopefully it works well. Hopefully they are good games, and we are hoping to be entertained by them uh, for sure, as you are, as we head into week seven of the D3 football season. Until we see you on Twitter this weekend, and see you back in crunch time early next week, or middle next week, or whatever the heck it ends up being... We will uh, say have a great weekend, folks. Thanks for joining us.